0: and the edge of the world, UFAMet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry.
1: Live on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNWAM, I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by UFAMet. Tonight, I take you back to Middletown, Ohio, and my last week at the old Post Town Elementary School. I'll chat with members of an investigation team assembled to stalk the halls of the old school and experiment in hopes to make contact with the dead or whatever is that that people have for decades been declaring has been banging around those halls. I was in Middletown thanks to Ryan Singer, a friend of this very show, someone who has been featured on Euphemet many times, and a very talented stand up comedian. Ryan leans on the paranormal interests and active studious adventures to imbue his stand-up with a strange acceptance to the weird. Great cosmic what-ifs are explored, and when finding the perfect place to host his film special, he chose the old post-town school. The the, the school itself, let let me describe it to you. (laughs) It was hulking. Uh, it was it was a cold husk. You could barely tell the children have ever stepped foot in it for uh, its inhumane demeanor, its architecture style, brutalist, Soviet bunker. It, it was a <laughs> it was a weird spot. The caretakers, however, were lovely and have you know opened their doors to professional investigation teams, film crews, and curious onlookers for years. Each one leaving, they feel. believer so you'll be the judge tonight after we go there together here on halloween tonight we'll be playing those conversations i had while there and if we have any time left it will be your calls at 425-373-5527 and pull free in western washington 888-298-KKNW this is a very special halloween edition of Night drift we'll get to ghosts right after this
0: This is Jim Perry. You are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet
1: This is Jim Perry. And you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Ufamed, and Happy Halloween. You know, last week it was a full moon when the team split up into the hallway on into the hallways of the Post Town School. A uh, few local psychics led me deeper into the dark. They describe some of the things they have experienced during their residency here. Voices of strict teachers, long dead, people lost, looking for their way after the big train wreck out back of the school that took so many lives. This place has history. It has a dark history. And I'm taking you back to last weekend when I was on those very grounds. A local investigator, Tim Irie, joined us for that weekend. This place, post-town, carved out a unique place in his personal life. Odie, let's go ahead and play that first segment.
0: You were just telling me
2: you were in here on your computer. Uh, What happened? So for, for what I'm sitting over on that desk back there in the corner, and one time I felt somebody, like, stick their head in, like, oh, you're in here kind of type of thing, and then leave. Uh, I could to see the shadow pulling back. But a little bit later, I heard a woman's voice, and I heard some crying. And it wasn't any voice that I've heard so far since we've been here. It's definitely a different woman's voice. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, you
2: you warned
1: us. <laughs> To be fair, you know, know
2: say warn. it was more like you're going to have some fun. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, for most
1: paranormal locations is like, you'll have people not say that. Right. Because so often you don't have experiences. People don't want to build up expectations. But with this place, you're
2: kind of just like, yep. Yeah. This is is always a fun ride. You don't know what you're going to get, but it's always active.
1: So describe your relationship to this place. How long have you been coming here and, and how did it pop up on your radar? So
2: it was, I think it was 2016. I was still somewhat of a skeptic at that point. And, and my wife found that they were doing a public uh, ghost hunt here for Halloween weekend. So we came down on Friday and we kind of thought, oh, it's, we won't get to go on Halloween. But then actually when we are here, we kind of thought, wait, at midnight, it becomes Halloween. So we actually got more hours on halloween than we did on the 30th. And right away we went to the principal's room the first place we went and flashlight activity motion sensor lights obvious it wasn't any of us. So, you know, right away you get activity that quick kind of like whoa. So and from there it's yeah, I didn't get into actually the paranormal teams right away. Uh, my wife got me a few pieces of equipment for Christmas one year and I started looking at the teams that we were here at that night and reached out to them to get on the teams and it grew from there. Is it, is it kind of
1: one of those things where you would have never imagined yourself being a part of a paranormal team and then little by little you're just like, wait a, wait a minute, I'm on a paranormal team?
2: Pretty much. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the paranormal shows. I didn't watch, you know, Ghost Hunters. I, I like paranormal state. I like that group of people that, that was a strong team, and they had a Chip Coffee who was a cool medium and stuff, and I like that they were doing the residential, they are helping people. And that's what I enjoy more, is helping people through those type of investigations. Sure, this is fun, but you don't have that sensation of helping. Somebody, you know, going, thank you, thank you, you know, and making them sleep a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, back then, no, I never... Never would have thought of doing anything like this. So.
1: Well, that's a really interesting term of phrase you use there, Tim, because you you shared with me kind of the introduction for yourself with the paranormal and it had to do with sleep and helping someone get to sleep. Uh, can you can you take me back to that time
2: and uh, and tell me that story? So when my daughter was around, well, pretty much most of the time when she first was born, wasn't a sleeper and it really got bad around age of two. And when I remember one day I came home from work when my wife was on maternity leave with our son, and I walk in and look down the hall, and there she was standing at the end of the hall with everything pulled out of my daughter's room, except for her dresser and her crib. And I just remember her going, pointing to the door, she goes, she's gonna take a nap, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> so it was always a challenge with her, and. She would try to get in our bed a lot. Uh, We wouldn't let her in. She would sleep on the floor. And we'd try to make the floor uncomfortable, but it it didn't stop. She would say she saw people dancing in the driveway, lights in her room, and and that kind of stuff. And as the year, a couple of years went on, she went into like pre-K. And her teacher was like, oh, she's got a lot of imaginary friends. And we're like, you live with her. Uh, um and the imaginary friends got to a point where and this is when the incredibles were out she had an imaginary friend by the name of violet and violet seemed to be one of those that were always getting her in trouble and one day my wife just said all right grabbed violet by the wrist and said you gotta go and walked her out the front door and my daughter never mentioned violet again so at that point you start you know all right we've gone to the doctor you know, we've tried melatonin. We've you know tried different things. Nothing else is working. And this was when I'm total skeptic. Seen some things in the house, but it was one of those. Yeah, it wasn't really there. So I agreed. Let's go ahead, bring a paranormal team in. Let's see what happens. And really didn't pick up anything that night. They did get an EVP of it, saying his name was Patrick, and mentioned our cat's name, which was you know we would find the cat, we thought maybe the cat had an attachment at that point. But my wife said at the end of the night to the spirits, you can stay if you leave the kids alone. If you mess with the kids, you're out of here. And from that night on, the next night, my daughter slept in her bed. And I've told that story to a lot of people, and a lot of them have been skeptics until they heard that story, and they're like, yeah, I have no other explanation for that.
1: What do you think it does to people when you help them find a place where they can maybe not believe, but accept that there could be something more happening?
2: It really depends on the person. Because, so I actually have done two Girl Scout camps of ghost hunting. And you know, I teach them the right way, respectful of the location, respectful of the spirits, and all that stuff. Um, first year, You know, a couple people were, I want to say, uh, not scared, but very hesitant, but everybody was open. This past year, one was, uh, she thought it was going to be a camp of ghost stories type of things. So she was a very kind of scientific type of person and not really religious. So early on, she was having a hard time accepting it. All the other girls were, were loving it, having a lot of fun, getting enjoying the experience and stuff. But she really struggled. Um she kind of pulled herself out of a lot of the activities that we were doing, which I felt bad, but there really wasn't anything I could do. And she came to me a lot and was asking questions and it just it really went against everything that she had believed up to that point.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um there's a part of you that really enjoys, you know, I think one of the parts coming here is seeing that sort of expression and or that moment where where people go like,
2: oh, oh, man, something else is going on here. Yeah, I, I like bringing kind of those skeptics, maybe not full skeptics, but ones that are like, okay, maybe something's going on. And then when they come here, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's why Daryl has that saying, you know, when you leave, you believe
1: and daryl uh being the caretaker of the place uh, daryl Wiseman, yeah correct
2: correct um i've had so my son had one of his 16th birthday party here for an investigation and he had some of his friends and most of those friends by the end of the night went away from joking around to being more serious and Mm. you kind of seen their demeanors change and, and one of the moms reached out to me later and goes yeah he really wants to do that kind of stuff now um But it's cool to get those people to get their eyes opened in a a right way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like sort of setting the stage for what could be there in a positive way. Yes. Um, Well, to to wrap up here, uh, I mean, listen, your warning um, was correct. And the people around here, you know, um, sort of like walking around being amazed. At the amount of uh, evidence being collected, the amount of interactivity—I mean, last night, I mean, we were here till like four thirty in the morning or something. Ah, right uh, three, three thirty. I got home at four. Whoa! And so that was a long day. I mean, we started really early, and then tonight is going to be more. Mm-hmm. What? I, what can we expect for tonight? You think? And and what are your feelings about this weekend? <laughs> well, you don't know what's going to happen.
2: That, that's what's great. You know, we had. One kind of experience last night could be completely different tonight. You know, maybe we'll get drawn to other places we haven't been yet, or, you know, maybe we'll get different voices. Um, uh, You know, example, last night hearing Ryan's voice coming through that box when we did not, when Ryan was not even in the building. You know, tonight it could be mine, it could be yours, or, you know, they might start mentioning our names or something. And, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah it's it's always interesting well, buckle up yeah <laughs>
1: Well, what's going to be interesting is for listeners of this show to catch kind of our experience on video whenever Ryan's documentary comes out chronicling this weekend. But I think for me and uh, the opportunity to meet like so many great people, I I get a sense that this is not going to be my last time at Post Town. It's definitely not going to be my last time in the Ohio Valley
2: River area or whatever. Is that the correct... Ohio, Ohio uh, Valley River? This is more Miami Valley here, but the Ohio Valley is kind of south.
1: Whatever this yeah. crazy place yeah. can be referenced as, what is going on down here?
2: <laughs> well, you got the Ohio River that's not too far. You've got a lot of rivers that run through here, and this was a lot of Native American territory back in the day. There's a town about a half hour away from here uh, to the west, heavy limestone area. Uh, they actually have a haunted cave that, that they do every year, and it's a limestone cave. Mm-hmm. But I've been to that town, investigated there twice. And that You just feel the whole town. is thick of it.
1: Is that like the Marengo cave system, or that whole like sort of mammoth cave system? Area? I don't
2: think it's that big of a cave. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more of a mining cave that was over there. Yeah. I've never been to it. So, well, But
1: there's more. I mean, okay, well, yeah, there we go, Tim. We're going to go to a limestone cave together <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, wait. Where can people find
2: your stuff? Uh, I'm about the only thing I'm on is Instagram. It's Ghost Hunter 2017.
1: All right. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 AM in Seattle, and streaming worldwide on ufamet.com. Heard afterwards on the Ufamet podcast feed. If you are listening live right now like Derek, at Tired of Ramen, thank you. If you're listening after the fact on the euphemet podcast feed, it's also so much appreciated. We'll be listening to more conversation from the post-town shortly. But first, happy Halloween. You know, we may have a few minutes to take calls at the end of the program if I don't time this thing correctly. <laughs> so, you know, what are you dressed up as and are you manifesting its identity? You know, as if some topamancer, a new homunculi possessing you by the power of Pikachu. <laughs> Is that you? Then you may, have, uh, you may have to call us at some point in time. And I'll give you uh, those numbers in just a minute. Listen, my physical body is being taken over by UFAMET, as my mind and spirit already have. So we didn't have a live show last week. I was somewhere in the wilds of Kentucky after post-town recording more new UFAMET documentary tape. And I can't wait to share with you all what we have going on over there. It's so great to spend time with you through this format in the meantime, and right after this break, more conversations on the grounds of the old post-town school, here on Night Drift with Jim Perry, an Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 a.m.
0: deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569.
1: What's better on a chilly fall night than curling up in front of the TV for a great, scary movie? And nobody has a better collection of horror, thriller, and the supernatural than Shudder, the best streaming service for horror. Shudder is the exclusive home for found footage hit, VHS 94, a Shutter original. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes must-see titles like Vicious Fun, The Mortuary Collection, and PG Psycho Gourmet, plus all the best horror documentaries and the hit Creepshow TV series from executive producer Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. And thanks to AMC Network Shutter, you've met listeners can watch all of that and more for free right after you finish this episode. To try Shudder for free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use promo code UFAMED. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, promo code UFAMED. Binge the latest seasons of Creepshow and Slasher, both exclusively on Shudder. Catch new episodes of drag competition show The Belay Brothers' Dragula and new docuseries Behind the Monsters on the origins and pop culture dominance of your favorite modern movie monsters. I watch on my Apple TV with some stove popped popcorn and throw it all up in the air with every jump scare that happens. It's not too hard to get into what you're watching on Shudder. New exclusives this month include Nicolas Cage in Prisoners of Ghost Land and killer shark movie Great White. You can watch those films and more for free right after you finish this episode. New stuff is added weekly. It's just $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. But you can try Shudder for free for 30 days and help support Euphomet while you're at it. Just go to Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use promo code UFAMed.
0: Night Drift. With Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle.
3: Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150 KKNW.
0: Cascades to the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW.
1: And we're back here on a special haunted night drift on Halloween. And if you want more night drift, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Ufomet, Please follow, rate, and review. And don't forget to subscribe to Euphomet while you're at it. That's E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T if you are in the uninitiated. In the uninitiated. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. For more information, visit Euphomet.com. Dot com. And tonight we're playing interviews conducted while boots were on the ground at the old Post Town Elementary School in Middletown, Ohio. I think technically it was, it's, it's called Post Town, Ohio, but it's just like a little sliver somewhere in between Cincinnati and Dayton. It is considered by many, one of the most haunted locations in the Midwest. Coincidentally, this, this area of the country keeps pulling me back. I've mentioned it in other places, but for whatever reason, that that part of the country is so steeped in strange lore and experiences and people coming to grips with um, a, a different set of rules and a different reality than the rest of us play by. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one full of cryptids and ghosts and creatures. And so, next, the, the next conversation you're going to hear is actually us uh, entering into the surrounding forests of Post Town to talk high strangeness with two investigators, Alex Mistretta and Eric Connor. Odie, go ahead and play this next segment. Alright, so we're walking away from Post Town for the first time during this investigation this week. Uh, We just spent a lot of time here yesterday, we're spending more time here today, in which we've already described on this very broadcast. And Alex is getting his first chance to go out into the wilderness, which is sort of like his second home.
4: Yeah, I'm like Tarzan. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What is the story here? about why we're going well, behind. Heard, yeah, so we've heard that there's been a, you know, a handful of a Bigfoot type sightings uh, back here, kind of in the woods. So I was looking from uh, if there's a path from uh, the woods behind the school to kind of like a bigger you know, space where you know, a creature like Bigfoot could be coming from and using as a, as a path to get here and be unseen. Is it a common occurrence for the locations where
1: haunted, you know, sort of historically haunted uh, buildings, um, institutions, for there to also be an elevated, uh, I don't know, frequency of cryptid sightings as well?
4: Uh, Not so much with uh, Bigfoot types, but with other less biological type entities then yes oh yeah what what are you describing there like uh stories of what people call flying humanoids with like you know kind of like uh human-like looking like moth creatures mothman. like mothman type of thing things that are because if you look at something like mothman right the wings are way too small for it biologically to be able to fly right so that's when you know something else is going on and that's the type of entities is usually associated with places that have a high level or long history of paranormal uh activity interesting so it's uh it's like kind of cryptids but even weirder yeah i like you know like uh for uh for biological species like it's called cryptozoology for stuff like the mothman and some of that stuff i like to call it pair cryptozoology yeah Where something else is going on way beyond just you know biology interesting so for this location to have elevated sasquatch sightings right Uh, then
1: this is a rare uh kind of a unique situation here that we're stepping into today
4: yeah it's definitely unique but you know that said ohio is a high concentration of bigfoot sightings i've had a sighting in the state myself is that right yeah for about five years ago so what happened there um i was i was hired by a hong kong film crew to take him out in the woods and uh they're filming a documentary uh on bigfoot and we went to salt salt fork park or salt lake no wait I'm sorry. Salt Fork Park, I think it's called. Somewhere in Weird, Ohio. Yeah, so anyway, you know, so we were deep in the woods and it was uh, it was a night. It was dark and, um, and we started blasting some sounds of alleged uh, vocalizations of Bigfoot taking the Sierras, you know, and we got a response. First thing, we started hearing this howl coming back and then the howl was directed at something else that was howling back at that point. So we got over this ridge and back then we were about, at would say, half an hour hiking to the forest. So we were out of the way but not that far into the forest and then I saw this kind of big figure walk bipedally between two trees and two of us saw it the camera guy did not get it which you know it's kind of typical right and, yeah which unfortunate for us is not, you know how skeptics are like yeah whatever bro yeah but um we really I mean we saw it you know clear as day so we're on this ridge and it was about a crew about six people and they're trying to film and both of us saw it and I started making my way down to see if I can catch up to it so I went by myself so, obviously, you don't run after. it. It's not like this is in, like, you know, some of the shows you see intelligent people are running. You're not in your environment. You're not going to be able to catch up to it. It's just not going to happen. Right. right. So, I go, what I do is I go down 10, 20 feet and stay behind a tree, hidden, you know. So, I, you know, not to give out this aggressive, aggressive, you know, vibe. Then I go down another 20 feet, wait, stand behind a tree. until I get to about 20 feet of where I saw the sighting, and it was gone, and I didn't see anything. Mm. All of a sudden, I hear screaming. Right, so I hear some of the crew screaming up back at the ridge, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, well, this is bear country, first of all. You know, part of my job is being hired to lead these guys into the woods, is keeping them safe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so my first priority is, like, we'll make sure nobody gets hurt, right? So I'm running back up, and they're like, there's footsteps all over. You know, we keep hearing these footsteps, so I go, okay, let's stand still. And sure enough, to the right, to the left, we keep hearing these heavy, heavy footsteps kind of going around us. But it's so dark that we couldn't see anything. And uh, a couple of the crew started crying. People were freaking out a little bit, you know. So I'm like, well, you know, and they're like, can we get out of here? So we ended up, you know, getting out of the area. But, so, but here where it gets really weird, right? So then we get back to where the car's at. And then, uh, and one of my big stances is that I don't believe Bigfoot is associated with a lot of paranormal modalities. Or at least not from an or- origin standpoint. It could be something added on eventually. But I think we have an- enough... From the fossil record, for genetics of species that are like Bigfoot in our historical record, or you know, in paleontology, so something biological, biological right? Yeah. So, I don't, especially in the UFO phenomenon, I don't think it's associated with the UFO phenomena, right? But so here we go. So hot we're coming, take nowadays, huh? Yeah, hot take. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I take, I take a lot of crap.
1: <laughs>
4: but sure enough, right? So we're back. You know, and the house is still going on, right? And I'm howling back at it, you know, just, and it's howling back. And i so some i hear more screaming and they're like look look there's a ufo in the sky no dude and i see this object in the sky it was you know it was pretty small but i mean it's like a satellite but my brighter it just goes zigzagging yeah. all over the place zigzagging? yeah so not just going in a straight on your back but it's going back going sideways you know back and forth last satellite yeah yeah clearly you know lasted about a minute you know minute and a half and then it just got in and kind of blinked out so, Unreal.
1: oh my God!
4: So the crew got uh, everything they were expecting. Everything, you know, they they earned everything they, they earned, wanted. I, I earned
1: my spot, you know. <laughs> they <laughs> they got the right guy. So you made the next shoot uh very, very difficult yeah. or disappointing for them. Well,
4: cause look at when it, you know when they call me up and they're like, yeah, we need you know we need a bigfoot guy and a UFO guy, whatever, you know, we're gonna go in Ohio and like, can you find a great spot? We're gonna see something, you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem, cause I'm always I always think every time I go out, my I always think, I'm going to find something. I'm going to see something, yeah. you know. And I've never been here in my life, you know. I'm like, well, I'm going to do my homework, though, and try to find a spot at the right time of year where I think it gives us the best chance of having yeah. a sighting. So I was pretty happy that, you know, we saw something. So, And it wasn't the only thing we saw. We found a bunch of tracks. We went uh, Another spot that we went to, we actually found some, like, three-toed prints. Ooh, And those are weird, yeah. right? Those are beyond, obviously... Assuming, let's say Bigfoot is a hominid, meaning either an ape or a human or a human relative, right? Or, you know, taking evolution into. And something seemingly that has a deep connection to this area, the three toed footprint, right? Yeah, it's not something that you see in the Pacific Northwest no. so much. You see that here on, uh, or on the uh, or southern U.S., yeah. right? And my thinking on that is that these are more isolated areas, and I think maybe a small population get isolated and through inbreeding and the bottleneck effect, right? Smaller gene pool develop some kind of mutations. And that could be part of it. Or it could be something, as we've talked, paranormal that has nothing to do with Bigfoot. Right. You know, there's a lot of dog man now talks in Ohio. And that's fascinating and it's weird. And it doesn't, make, it doesn't make any sense biologically talking about paranormal entities we were talking about earlier because it's just physically impossible, right, for a dog like creature to be bipedal because it's just, you know, just anatomy. So there is something else going on. You know, I mean, and that, how big were the three-toed? How big were the
5: three-toed uh, tracks? Were they big, small? Fifteen inches. They're they about were fifteen huge. inches, so they were they were pretty big, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. Because the the smaller ones in Kentucky, we always call them goblins. Yeah. There's like a
4: big myth of goblins in Kentucky, but yes. they're
5: much. The prints are much smaller than that.
4: In fact, yeah, the, going back to the Kentucky goblins, if any producers are listening, I had a pretty good idea of a big project we could be doing in Kentucky with the goblins. I think that story. There's still a lot to be told with, from that story, but anyway. Off topic. Yeah, and then we also found something that was weird. We found some uh, deer bones that were kind of spread out in one area, but they were like twisted. What? So it kind of looked like, you know, you'd have two hands that kind of twisted it this way. We messing with them. Wow. Yeah, and that was a little odd, you know? Cause I mean, I found, you know, deer in the woods all the time, you know, dead deer and stuff. And it's rare. And I've seen pictures of actually live deers that their legs were twisted or the necks were twisted, like, you know, around. So, and that's what it looked like, except all there all the was was like the bone, you know, it was like a, it was a leg bone so that was a little weird it was so no. what are we what are we going
1: into right now as we like enter into this so right line, now, What what is what has yeah. happened here before
4: so we came here last night and obviously couldn't see anything because you know because it's dark and but so this is the start sort of like the woods and it, there's and, a gate right there yeah right there's yeah, a gate that we're about to go through so the but idea let's look this let's, yeah.
5: let's look through here for a second
4: so the idea here is that people have you know reported sightings of creatures or Bigfoot is trying to find a reasonable path for something to enter through here and remain unseen, and a link to kind of like a bigger forest, you, you. So almost like a, a wildlife trail, yeah. in a sense. So
5: there, there is a path back there, but I think it turns into all brush. You still want to check it? Well, let's just go go through the gate then. Okay. So,
1: so I know we don't have a to Yeah, we got about uh, nine minutes. Nine
5: minutes? Well, you know how things run.
1: Oh, the wilderness of Ohio, how I've missed your crunchy soul. Like a view of the school through
5: yeah. this gate right
4: here. you curious, right? Sees this, what's this big building? And incidentally, I mean, when we came out here last night or on the other side, you know, myself and Ryan, it, there's nobody around. You don't even see a car at two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, we're out here. Or you could have five <laughs> large creatures walking around here. Nobody would see you. Right. Uh, two, you know, there's literally nobody here. So,
5: true. and then here's the uh, here's the upper path over here, and then it, it circles back around to the back. And so this is we were around this area where about ten days ago we got the aliens response on the gateway crystal clear, woman's voice just goes aliens, and that was after Ryan had been here and talked about doing the ex- the CE five experiment. Oh brother. So I swear I swear the spirits have been like. Okay, we got to go back this way a little bit. There's, I think that's the back of the dollar store. Back that way.
1: So, you, you know, you mentioned that every time you go out, you kind of, you have an expectation that you are going to find something. Every time, yeah. Yeah, how does that...
4: <laughs> Sometimes you don't, obviously, like well, with these things, times, right? you know, I mean, I've been yeah. pretty lucky. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of things. and uh-huh. But, yeah, obviously, it's, it's not... This isn't like it is on television. You spend a lot of time just hanging out in the dark in the yeah. dark places indoors and outdoors you know that, but that's the deal that's part of the deal so you have to be okay with some solitude yeah you got to be okay yeah with you know <laughs> and being bored you know yeah it's hard for this generation right because everybody's on the phone all the time right <laughs> can't spend five minutes without doing something and i'm, right. I'm guilty of that too so right. but uh, yeah this is exactly what we were looking for is this an orchard
5: like
1: it, were those, what Kinda is that a fruit like tree?
5: It's not though. This is literally just a path in the middle oh. of the brush. That's Interesting.
1: Just,
5: and so literally right here it was Ernie and me, and we were just a couple feet up ahead. We had the rim pod device, an electromagnetic alarm, and clearly yeah. there's no electricity out here. And it was going off. Oh, it, really? sta- it started ringing right out here. There's a little clearing right there. It's where we set up.
1: And so what, what does that mean when those things are going off?
5: That means that something is breaking the field around the antenna. Think of it as a proximity alarm. And anything that gets close to the antenna, it starts alarming. Now, here's the thing. You can put a plastic fork up to it, and the fork, the plastic fork won't set it off. It has to have something that has its own electromagnetic energy, like someone's hand or a device or a piece of metal,
1: you know? Do you believe that locations like this, Eric, uh, that have such great activity for investigators and mm enthusiasts and normal people like that there can perhaps be a radius around it that is also affected geographically and so whatever
5: kind of is going on there it's well i think that that's accurate insofar as the land itself i think is what has the activity and the building just happens to be on top of it i think this area has been marked for a long time and then the train wrecks like this was the deadliest train uh, section of train tracks For a long time, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, there were more wrecks and more fatalities in this area from train crashes than anywhere else in the United States. And it's because they had a slow switchover and so there was a lot of trains colliding. And one of them collided on July 4th, 1910. 39 people ended up dying from it. 19 on-site, excuse me, 36 people ended up dying from that train wreck. 19 on-site died right here on this land where we're standing, and then another 17 died from their injuries. So I think and maybe, who's to say that this land wasn't already drawing in that death, you know? Who's to say that even before the trains, that there was something going on here? So, I think that it has the land has a lot to do with it. And I think it's more than just a school, like you're saying. I think it radiates outwards. Some hollowed, bloody ground. And I think certain entities are drawn to blood. Whenever there's a lot of blood spilled, there's going to be a lot of entities drawn in because blood has power. Supposedly, blood has energy and power to it.
4: And certain things are drawn to it i think two points you just brought up that it's super important the the ground yep and the blood yeah i think because i've seen you know i think with the ground stuff i think especially in this area it's it's so much bigger than that it's the whole ohio river mm. you know valley yeah. i think is there's something different about this you know this area there's just too much activity of with too too many modalities paranormal modalities involved for it to be just simple hunting or simple this and simple that i think right. There's something about this land that goes back way back you know
5: and I think there's more evidence of that with the way the haunting changes at the building every month it's like never the same thing over and over like what we all experienced last night completely unusual phenomenon from and I'm here every month and last night was different last night was crazy
1: it's halloween night here on night drift on alternative talk kknw 1150 a.m in seattle and streaming worldwide on ufamed.com heard afterwards on the ufamed podcast feed and we just heard a conversation that was pretty stunning i was out there in the middle of that forest in that cove of trees talking about not just ghosts but talking about sasquatch talking about mothman talking about communication with aliens and I think when I stepped away, when I was laying in my hotel bed somewhere in Kentucky, kind of reviewing the, the the contents of the weekend, it was that these hauntings that occur to places and individuals. Is it really the place that is bringing the haunting? Is it the individual that's bringing the haunting? And and what really is a haunting? I know. I mean, there's so many tropes out there. There are so many sort of. Um, uh, pre you know pre-configured ideas of what these things are and and what can create them based off popular media and and even known literature. And what I appreciated about going out there with Ryan Singer was uh, the, I don't know, the instinct to go into a place like that and you know n- not necessarily believe it's all from ghosts or that it's all from lost souls. But is there something else there? And so I'm I'm really excited to let you know that we're now joined by the man who made this adventure at Post Town possible. Stand-up writer, host of me and paranormal you, Ryan Singer. You're calling in to save my butt to end out this show because my interviews were not long enough. And here you are, my friend, and and guest of the guest of honor. We've been talking the entire program about Post Town. How are you tonight on Halloween, my friend?
3: I am doing wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here and, you know, loving the, loving the radio, the radio version of the parallel universe of view So congrats again on this.
1: Thank you. I mean, I love it too, but boy, you've got time that you're dealing with. Uh, (laughs) You're trying to fill segments. There's breaks, there's all these things. And so uh, thank, thank you so much again for, for coming through. And listen, I, I think, uh, by now in this program, people have a good understanding of uh, some of the lore behind Post Town, some of the interactions people have had there, some of the players involved. But I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit, how did Post Town come up for you?
3: Oh, wow. The, it's one of those beautiful things that just kind of happens. This was 2019. I was performing in the hometown where I grew up, Dayton, Ohio. There's a wonderful comedy club there called Wiley's Comedy Club, downtown Dayton. Mm. I did a show, and after the show, a guy and his son are there kind of hanging around waiting to chat with me. And the first question is, like, hey, are you really into the paranormal? Because I talk about a lot of that stuff in my stand-up act. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing about stand-up comedy, too, like – it doesn't matter what you're talking about on stage. Everyone thinks you're always lying. It's really, it's really weird. Uh, they always think you're lying. And so I was like, no, no, I love this stuff. I've got a podcast uh, that I've been doing for, at the time, it was probably a little over five years, um, you know, all about the paranormal. And, like, oh, wow, so we're local ghost hunters. And Tim Irie was his name. And so Tim starts – you know, chatting about the local, you know, paranormal stuff. And he says, have you been to Post Town? And I was like, no, I have not been to Post Town. Tell me more. He's like, it's this old abandoned elementary school about a half hour away from here. It is bonkers. And I was like, you know what? This is great. Um, Next time I'm in town, uh, I'll try to get out there. Cut to the next year. I think I was. Visiting some family during the pandemic from uh, I live in Los Angeles now. So I I went back to Dayton just to see some family. And we made uh, we made it down to post town during that time. Uh, Tim showed me around and I immediately fell in love with the place. And I was like, I have to film a comedy special here and do a paranormal investigation. So I want to make it all one big package. Right. So sure. And then cut to uh, what? Was that a week and a half ago now? I mean, I don't I, I mean it's all such a blur.
1: I mean uh, yeah, it was essentially last week and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it was certainly yeah, a blur. That's
3: right. I guess just over a week ago now is when we uh when we wrapped up the filming for the for the stand up part of it. And which and it was just amazing and so great too because uh Daryl Wisman, who runs the joint, he was telling me during during my set while we were filming He heard these really heavy footsteps upstairs and he's like, ah, I told everybody, no, everybody knows they're not allowed to go upstairs while they're filming because it's going to mess up with the recording. Right. Right. He's like, oh God, I got to, I'm going to have to go upstairs and find this person, tell to 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 get downstairs. (laughs) Sure. So he's like. So I go to the uh, and he goes listen. There's like kid footsteps, you know, because it's an old school. Like these like spirits or ghosts or whatever all the time. He's accustomed to that noise. He's like, this was not the kids. This wasn't like the the ghost kids running around. So he, he says, oh. So I go oh, to the no. security camera and I look. And I still hear the footsteps as I'm looking at the security camera of exactly where they are, in the hallways empty.
1: Oh, no.
3: So I was like, oh, my gosh. I haven't seen any of the footage yet or heard any of the audio, but I just – I'm just – I know it's asking for the moon, Yeah. but I just really hope there's EVPs on my album (laughs) and on the the video. Like on the video of this, (laughs) if there's something weird that – if we captured something on camera in that school while we filmed the stand-up special, I would just – I would like – I could retire.
5: Yeah, like, it would yeah. be
3: just it would be the best it would be the coolest the coolest thing ever I so, agree um, I agree and so yeah, fitting the, yeah and so I mean basically it all kind of started with Tim uh, who's a local investigator I believe it's big country paranormal I'm not sure the name of the group I think that's the name of their group but uh, yeah so he introde me to uh, Daryl and then later I went back to check out the scene. Uh, Just to get like some measurements for the room for the space for when we're filming the the comedy show. And that's when I met uh, Ernie from POV Paranormal, who's the house team, uh, part of the house team. Uh, It's, you know, Ernie, Brian, Tracy, and uh, Jamie, the four of them, two married couples, POV Paranormal. So and so they kind of jumped in and did kind of like drop ins on the, the investigation with us, along with Eric and Alex and Karen. So And you. So, I mean, it was just really amazing. But while we're there, I don't know if, did you already talk about this part, about while I was there just checking out the stage area and how we were going to be setting things up? What happened?
4: No,
1: no.
3: So this was a few weeks before we all showed up. I was passing through town. I had to get some specs. Like, okay, what do we need here? Do we need curtains? Blah, blah, blah. How big do they have to be? Do these speakers work? Et cetera, et cetera. And while we're there just hanging out, it's Ernie, uh, Daryl, myself, and this guy, Donald, who helps out on the property, you know, kind of like the, you know, fixes everything and that kind of thing. Yeah. So they're like, okay, what do you want to do? You know, we have to go over some ground rules. You know, they didn't want Ouija boards, which was a little disappointing to me because I really wanted to bust out a Ouija board. But um, right, because one does. Okay. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm not going to disrespect you and your rules here. They're like, no portals to hell should be open. No, don't cross anybody over. And I'm like, don't worry about that. I'm not a uh, I'm not a demon guy. So um, the only time I want to smell sulfur is if you know my mom is cooking eggs. So I'm not <laughs> into that kind of like side of you know the ghost hunting. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go find a demon and and put it. And I was like, okay, you go you go have fun with that. So, right. uh So they're like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do some CE five stuff inside the building which typically is only done outside well i want to contact the extraterrestrials if we can make conscious contact with them um, because i'm trying to understand the connectivity between all things paranormal all the different phenomena you and i have talked about this a bunch but for your listeners i do believe that consciousness connects everything here in the paranormal field and there's also an interesting mathematical component to it and if the If the universe can be broken down into science and and math is the language of science, and it is also the language of music which we had a lot of fun with
1: yeah we really uh,
3: through the gateway device but um I was like i want I think all of this is connected right and and I do think that interdimensional portals are the the wild card that kind of tie all of this stuff together yeah. uh this is just you know kind of what I think you know and I also think. You know, hermeticism has an underlying current beneath all of this. But that's like a whole nother hour and a half conversation.
1: <laughs> Next week while on Night Drift.
3: There, yeah, yeah. So while we're there talking about C5 and what I want to do, a loud bang happens right above us, just a little bit down the hallway from where we're standing. And Daryl goes, there's no one else in this building right now. It's just us. Oh we're gosh. like, oh, wow, that's great. It's like one thirty in the afternoon. And then... Yeah. They're like, okay, keep talking about the CE5 stuff. So I keep talking about it, about 15, 20 seconds later, a really loud bang happens directly above us on the ceiling. And we're just like, oh, yeah. So we run upstairs. We didn't see anything. And we're like, this is where we have to do the CE5, which, interestingly enough, we did not do the CE5. Oh, funny. In that room, because I – because we were in that room earlier and I was not having no one seemed to be having good a good experience with the energy that was in that room on that particular right. day at that night right. but that is the room where we got all of the really crazy gateway stuff
1: well and, and, that, and, that, and whole, that whole that whole that whole area, that whole school, it's it's now a trip for legend. And there's so much material that was collected there. I don't, uh, you know, uh, you've got your work cut out. <laughs> and yeah, I appreciate yeah. you inviting me. And I appreciate you coming onto the show very last minute, my friend. And you can find more of this. You can find Ryan's contact in the show notes at euphomet.com. And uh, thank you so much for joining me, Ryan. I appreciate it, man.
3: It was a pleasure. Happy Halloween to everybody listening. And I can't wait till, you know, I can wrap my brain around all of this in the editing room.
1: <laughs> same, same, man. Well, I'm a I'm a text away. Thank you for listening to Night Drift, everybody. That's it for tonight. And we'll be back next weekend, next Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, keep looking up.